Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock. I'll be your host for the podcast. We're talking today with Amy Rotering, an associate attorney at Mundal Law. How are you doing, Amy? I'm doing great. Thank you. And we also have with us today Susan Mundal, who is our senior attorney at Mundal Law. How's your day been going, Susan? Today's been great, David. Today's topic is kind of interesting. We're talking today about parenting during this continuing crisis. What kinds of issues are you guys seeing? Well, you're right, David. This is a continuation of what we talked about back in April. Back at that time when Susan did her podcast, uh, the pandemic was relatively new in the United States. It was in its early stages, and Governor Waltz had just issued his stay-at-home order, so everybody was at home except for those essential workers. What was happening at that time was Mandal Law was getting phone calls from concerned parents about what to do about their parenting plans. There were two aspects of it. There were essential employees that were saying, well, I have to go to work. I can't stay home with my children. And then the parents who were staying home with the children were concerned about their children going with the other parent who was exposing themselves through their work and potentially bringing COVID home to their child. Well, and at that time, my advice was keep a cool head and do what's in the best interest of the kids and worry about the results later. But here we are now, another five months later. Right. And the guidance that we were giving our clients was based on a short-term solution because we really didn't know what was going to happen in the future. And I think the mindset was, well, let's just get through the school year and then we'll be okay. Well, now, five months later, (laughs) we're still in pandemic and most school districts in the state are engaging in either complete distance learning or a hybrid program where the children go to school part of the time, but they're still staying home. And so those short-term solutions we had then, we might need to think about more longer-term solutions now because, from what I'm hearing at least, we're going to be in this situation until at least the end of the school year next year. Well, that's right. And so we wanted to provide some advice on parenting time during the pandemic and the things to think about. What we really want to be talking about is we have two types of parents, basically. We have the The risk-averse parent which is played by Amy, (laughs) and I'm more of a risk-friendly kind of person. And the problem comes is when the risk-adverse parent has a a risk-friendly parent. And so what can you do during your parenting times to help meet the needs in the best interest of your kids? Amy, would you please share with us some of the concerns for parents who are risk-averse? A risk-averse parent, especially with the school year starting, uh, they don't want to send their child to school. They want their child to stay home and learn in an environment that they know is safe and healthy for their child. Another concern that parents have is if there's an immunocompromised person living in either that parent's home 
or the other parent's home. And the risk of exposing that child to COVID-19 when they're with the other parent. And that really gets complicated when they're stepchildren and stepparents, because now you not only have mom and dad, but now you've got stepmom and stepdad worrying about exposure to their children when they're with you or your children when they're at the other home. And there's concerns about things like playgroups. If you're doing distance learning, kids are suffering from isolation. They want to be with their friends. Do parents allow children to play with their friends? Do they do it in person? Do they do it online? A risk-averse parent is not going to be in favor of in-person playgroups. They understand the concerns of their children, but the overriding concern is safety for their child. I think for themselves. And for themselves. Yep, you're right. And for anyone living in their house, if you've got an elderly parent living with you, the consequences of being exposed are a lot greater. And Susan, since you're representing the risk-friendly group, would you please outline how those dynamics work together with the risk-adverse? When I say risk-friendly, I do think even risk-friendly is they minimize maybe the concern. They can be the kind of person that recognizes or believes that there is a minimal risk to their family and so they want to just go about their daily life. The problem with the risk-friendly parent is if they are also of the opinion that no one can tell them what to do. And so they think when the kids are with them that they can do whatever they want. And for them that might include going to parties, might include no social distancing, no mask wearing, and potentially exposing their children to the virus. I think the onus is on the risk-friendly parent to figure out what it is that the other parent's concerns are. Any thoughts about that, Amy, from a risk-averse point of view? I'm really glad you asked me that, David, because I did want to jump in and respond a little bit to what Susan was saying. You know, risk-averse parents, most of all, they want to be heard and they want to be taken seriously. They have some very real concerns. Whether or not those concerns bear out through time, it doesn't matter. It's their perception that this is a very real risk. Some things that I've heard from parents is that they want the parent who's going to work to be tested regularly for COVID-19. They want to make sure that when they get off work, they're washing their hands, they're taking showers, they're changing their clothes. And if someone in their family does test positive for COVID, that they will quarantine, that they will be honest with the other parent. But really, the main thing is that the risk-averse parent just wants to be taken seriously. I think you're right about that. And we had that case in the office already, and the parents were able to reach a compromise. And in that particular case, the concern was that one of the parents wanted to fly the child to another state. What the agreement was is that the other parent wouldn't fly them to the state until they got the go-ahead that travel was safe. And that satisfied both parents. I hear what you're saying, and I think it is the onus is on the risk-friendly parent to really be more responsive and to take it seriously and not have the attitude, my way or the highway, because that's not going to help their communication, and it creates anxiety for the children. Absolutely, it does, Susan. And the risk-averse parents don't get a free pass either. Um, Just because they're scared doesn't mean that the child doesn't get to see the other parent. It does mean that the parents need to talk to each other and they need to listen to each other. The parents are going to have the best solutions for whatever concern it is that the risk-averse parent has. We just want to stay away from what one of our colleagues dubbed as COVID mischief. And I love that phrase, and I couldn't come up with anything better, so I borrowed it from her because it so accurately describes some of the behavior that's going on that's really concerning. 
What Amy's talking about is where one parent is denying the other parent any parenting time. That may have been a reasonable solution back in April, but it's not a reasonable solution when we have no idea when this is going to end. It really needs to be more conversation. Now that we can Zoom, why not do mediation? Why not have a frank discussion with a neutral third party about trying to figure out, number one, what are the concerns and what each parent is willing to compromise? And I think this requires a compromise for the safety of the children. Absolutely. In our office, we've used Zoom mediation for a number of our cases, and it works really, really well. Many times, the parents are able to come up with a solution, but it allows the children to see both parents, but the parent who may be exposed to COVID is taking those precautions and communicating those precautions to the risk-averse parent, and in turn, the risk-averse parent is... uh, Satisfied? Satisfied. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say they're allowing, but they're willing to follow the parenting time schedule, which is paramount. Well, if at all possible, I agree, they should try and follow the parenting schedule unless there is someone who actively has COVID. Sure. Then I think quarantining. But my concern as a risk-friendly person is Mm -hmm. I hear some folks are wanting to wash their groceries, and they do think there has to be compromise on both sides, just like you said, Amy. You know, I have seen a video about that, and I tried it once. That was it. And I'm risk averse. And I didn't like it after the first time. But yeah, um, you know, just some common sense precautions. But yeah, there's only so far a risk averse parent can go. Can't force the other parent to wash their groceries. Okay, so we have risk averse, we have risk friendly, and the dynamics of how it would be ideal for them to be able to work together. Any solutions? Well, absolutely. The number one is what I said, which is a conversation between the parties, an honest, heartfelt conversation, listening to the other parent and what their concerns are. Yes, that is vitally important. It is equally as important, though, to not have these conversations around your children. Children are already feeling the stress of this pandemic and the upset in their routine, especially school-aged children. And hearing the parents talk about it makes them feel even more anxious, uncertain, or downright scared. And that's true in any case. Whenever you're talking about parenting time or anything to do with the kids, you do it away from the children. And well, and if all possible, to have a unified front, to have these agreements in place. So they know that at mom's house and dad's house, they know when they're going to be wearing masks and how often to wash their hands and those kind of things. We have seen over and over again that those are best worked out in mediation if the parties can't speak with each other. They can still meet with that neutral third party and come up with those agreements that they can both live with during these uncertain times. You know, and I think of another one, Amy, is just around this schooling. What if you have one parent that wants the kids to only do distance learning and the other parent is up for the hybrid model? That is a tough decision. And again, the risk-averse parent has these very real concerns that need to be addressed. What I'm concerned about is how many parents really want to teach their children? There maybe needs to be a conversation between the parents about who is going to be teaching the kids when. And if it's every other week, how do they maintain the consistency of the schooling? And that, I think, they both need to have input from the school. And I'll bet you, you know, there could be parent-teacher conferences where they work out with the school. Well, a lot of kids are bringing home technology from the school. They have a tablet or a notebook for their distance learning. That segues into a really another solution. Some homes have more technology than others. 
Oh, that's right. Down here in the cities, I have great internet, and yet my grandchildren are clear up north where there isn't a lot of technology. And so we have to be concerned about that too. And again, that talks about compromise and which parent can stay home with the kids. And there might be some subjects that one parent is better at than another and can help the child with. And that's where video technology also comes in handy. So if one parent's always teaching math, so when the child is with the other parent, they can just Zoom call with the one who's good at math. And And the main point we're making is this is about communication. I actually think it's our developmental task as people, human beings living during this time, is our developmental task is to talk to one another, to not isolate, and that we need to do this for our kids. Yes. And just remember, your children are always watching you, and you want to model good behavior for your children. And what a wonderful opportunity this is in such a stressful time to come up with a solution and to share that solution with your children as a united front, as united parents. That's something that they're going to take with them into their own adulthood and their own parenthood, and what a gift that is. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, David. And thank you, Susan. Thank you, David. You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law, who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundall Law website at mundalllaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.